baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is Issues 2020. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Karen Page, CEO, President, Kansas Global Trade Services. Welcome to Issues 2020. Thank you, Steve. It's good to see you. Good morning. First background. (laughs) What is Kansas Global Trade Services? It's pretty simple. We help companies do international business, Um, help them find. Most of what we do is help them find new customers uh, in new markets in the world. And the other thing we help them do is um, comply with U.S. government regulations on exporting. So how long have you been in business? How long have you been doing this? We've been in business for over 30 years. And I've been doing this for this kind of work for 25 years. Well, what did you do before you did this then? I worked at Interest Bank, did international banking. My friends over at Interest are such a good, 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 good crew over there. Well, let's take you back a little further. When you were in seventh grade, what were you doing? (laughs) I played the violin. (laughs) Where are you from? I'm from Wichita. Wichita. Uh Uh-huh. So in seventh grade, I was playing the violin and trying to master Algebra One. At what school would that be? Truesdale Junior Truesdale. High. Truesdale. Okay. Yeah. Southside girl. No wonder you were talking with our receptionist earlier. She's a Truesdale. Is she? Know? Yeah. It's always the commonalities you can find. I'm right? a Hadley, but I can tell you what. That algebra? <laughs> it wasn't my Yikes. cup of tea. All right. Okay. So let's go back to uh, uh, Kansas Global Trade Services. How many clients do you have? Can you tell me? Or um, at is any, that classified? No, it's not classified. It's confidential. We The work that we do for customers. Who yeah. yeah, who they are and what we do for them is is confidential. Um, you know, we don't want to, you know, say anything that could hurt them um, and, you know, reveal information that could give their competitors an edge. Um, but any um, given week, we're working anywhere from 10 to 20 clients in a week. If you look at it over a year's time, it's it's hundreds of people that we're working with, hundreds of companies that we're working with. So, so you, or do you have long-term contracts, short-term? We do, both. Um, okay. Sometimes it's a simple um, question that we're answering. Well, we, we view it as simple because it doesn't take us a lot of time, something we know off the top of our head, like what forms do I use to export blank product to you know Timbuktu? Mm-hmm. Then that's a simple question. And it could be anything from, can you help us build our international strategy so that we can really efficiently and effectively um, sell more stuff overseas. What kinds of businesses do you represent? Um, mostly in Kansas, it's manufacturers. About 85% of our export profile are manufacturers versus 15% services. So the majority of our clients manufacture something that we can feel, something tangible. So an aircraft part to um, a tur- turf equipment to complex machines that make other parts, so um, aircraft companies, that sort of thing. So when we talk about the problems with Spirit, with the uh, grounding of the MAX, the other part of that was we've also been talking about how that impacts all these other yeah. companies. It affects the supply chain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the supply chain companies that, that sell to Spirit and other aerospace companies are, are a really a big client base. We spent the first week back in the office, the week of the year, back in the office after the holiday break. And I think most of us were in tears because all of our customers were telling us stories like, 
Um, 50% of our revenue is tied up with the spirit, um, 730, you know, spirit 737 grounding, or I just had to lay off 30% of my workforce. That's really a huge impact on those small suppliers. And those are companies with, you know, maybe, you know, 150 or uh, employees or less, 50 employees or less. I mean, these are small companies that are really great companies, often family owned, small businesses. So when you uh, heard the news the other day that, uh, Somebody's spirit, uh, I guess the, the boss at Spirit said, we might be producing again in this month even. I thought it's that a, was, I mean, it's good progress, news. good news. Possibly, but it's still kind of Yeah, I don't think we should get over anxious. <laughs> I think that, I think that you know, there's, this is a complicated problem set that they're solving. And um, producing means they have to kind of turn everything back on. And as I tell our clients, um, I don't have a magic wand. I wish I did. Um, and meaning I can't do things instantaneously for you. In this kind of day and age in 2020, I think we expect things pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but there's certain things that take a while to turn back on. So I, I'm, I'm encouraged by that news. I'm, I'm hopeful. I know those folks out at Spirit and the FAA and a whole team of people are working to you know, get everyone back online as soon as possible. The coronavirus, very much in the news. Um, it is. Is it having a direct impact on the people you advise? We haven't seen it have a direct impact yet, but people are certainly talking about it. Um, I think that the impact we'll see with our clients here in Kansas is um, it'll affect um, supply chains. So if they're buying stuff from anywhere that's affected in the world, um, where they have a temporary cl- you know, shutdown of a manufacturing plant and they can't get the parts they need to manufacture their product. That's what we're going to see. The impact, th- for the most part, is a disruption of the global supply chain. How hard is it uh, to keep real-time information uh, on where and who is being impacted by this virus? Do you, you have, you have a, <laughs> any information? You're just kind of watching the news. We, we watch the news and we watch the reports coming out from you know, the federal government and, and the state government um, trying to discern, you know, trying to discern what to do next, what's real. And, and we, but we listen to our clients. So we take all that information in at the same time and then try to um, really discern um, if there's an action that's required or if we just yeah, I was gonna wait. Say, so what advice are you offering if, is, if there is any possible for you to offer right now other than just wait and see what happens next? Wash, yeah, I don't wash your hands. <laughs> wash your hands. And well, I really have, Steve. I've been saying, hey, everyone, don't panic. Yeah. We, need to, we need to view this with a measured um, you know, decision-making and, and, and make the decisions that we can make with the information that we have, with the circumstances we have. Panic is never something that we devise our clients. <laughs> In fact, we provide information to um, help them not panic. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I, I was—I've been watching in the news, and 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 some of this going on. It's talking about these H one A one A one H one or whatever they had a few years ago. Viruses, flus, and so forth have come out again and again. Right. But I haven't seen a pan—not a panic, but a, a reaction like this. I you mean, know, my four hundred one k was gone into the you know the dumpster. It's time to buy. Yeah, Steve. time to buy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> time to buy, Steve. I know how that works. But, but uh, just wait. You see, don't panic. Just wait. Your four hundred one k lost value, but wait. Mm-hmm. I bet it'll come back. Are you confident that uh, world governments have responded quickly enough to, to get a handle on this? I wish China had asked for help and been more transparent earlier. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think that, and, and I don't want to say that, that they're the, the, the blame for this, but it's the first place we saw it. 
And I kept, I, I have friends in China, and, and one of my girlfriends lives in Washington, D.C., and I asked her if her parents were okay, who still live in China, and she said yes. Um, but she also expressed concern that um, the Chinese government, um, it, it, I wish they would ask for help earlier, um, relinquish some of their need for control. And I say that with great respect for the challenges that they have. I mean, they're trying to manage the psychology of a billion people, and they don't want a billion people to, you know, panic. Um, and but I wish they'd asked for help earlier and been more transparent about it. Perhaps that would have helped. What is it? What is it like uh, in doing in um, trade, import, export with China? What, if you directly contact those people, you speak with them. Uh, are we they... have less contact in the last few years than we have had in the previous years. But really? I've been to China many times. Um, I find it a very entrepreneurial environment. Um, I used to say that if you wanted to experience true capitalism, go and talk to the real people in China doing business because they're trying to trying to really build business and, and, and make a buck. Um, that is um, at play, which is a counterpoint to the state-owned enterprises um, who are just notorious for um, stealing intellectual property from Americans and everyone, really. We're not in this alone. So, yeah. so, so they're actually kind of two cultures there, one the entrepreneurs and, and the business people and then the government over here, is that the way it is? No, it's all very much intertwined. Oh, it it's, is. it's very much hard to un, it's hard to understand where the government stops and private business begins and it's uh, even hard to understand if you're talking to a private business if they're really a private business. Um, all that said, you can do great business in China and I've known lots of companies who have successfully been doing business in China. I've also known lots of companies who have had many, many problems. I think that if I could leave just one message about doing business with China or anywhere in the world, it's American decision makers need to not be so naive. Oh, okay. Um, not be so naive. Be a not be more, so naive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get some more information before. I mean, I know people get real excited about a deal, um, but but get some help, um, you know, crafting an international contract that um, will help you and will have an exit door if you need it and will protect you. And a lot of um, businesses that we interact with, especially smaller businesses, um, they, they, they don't know who to seek help from. They don't know that they can. They they are listening to good advice, but it's maybe not the appropriate advice for doing international business. So that's what I would say. Don't be so naive. Get some help. Get some education. Uh, make better deals. What are the best countries to deal with? I mean, it depends on the company. It depends on the product. So when you say best, I'm assuming where can they have the most success? Yeah. Well, um, the, so the, the most open to trade or whatever. Most open to trade are, I mean, Canada, Mexico, the UK, although that's kind of <laughs> in a bit of a transition right now. Um, Australia, it's it's kind of what you would think of as U.S. allies, um, but it's also countries with which the United States has free trade agreements, so it makes it a little bit easier to do business. So we do have a new trade agreement. We do, the USMCA. Have, have you seen the impact yet? or is it, No, because it has not been enacted yet. Okay. We're still waiting for Canada to um, give its um, approval. Um, and then once all three countries have given their approval, so we're, you know, Mexico is first and the U.S., um, waiting on Canada – um, and then it'll be about 90 days after that that we can actually enact it. Um, so it'll be a while then. It, it'll be a few months because Canada's saying, you know, later this year. You're listening to Issues 2020 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is Karen Page, CEO and President of Kansas Global Trade Services.
How important is, is world trade to the Kansas economy, Karen? It's only really important if you value 15% of our state economy. So if you're okay with getting rid of 15% of the entire state economy, then we don't need trade. Okay. Or in Wichita, it's 25% of the, the local economy. So very, very important to the state and local economy. And how much of that is manufacturing and how much of that is ag, agriculture? Um, those numbers include both, and it would be predominantly at this point uh, manufacturing. Yeah, they're talking about the, the aircraft companies and so forth. Mm -hmm. But what about agriculture in South Central Kansas? Well, right now they're having a hard time. Um, because of, you know, commodity prices and counter tariffs and all that sort of thing. So they're having a, a, a really difficult time. This is a, a low point for um, Kansas agriculture um, and really anyone who's in the, ag, in the ag business. Why? Just because of? Low commodity prices. Low commodity. Counter tar tariffs. I mean, it's just, we put those tariffs on and, and the not just China, but, you know, lots of the folks who were buyers of um, Kansas commodity, ag commodities, um, put their counter tariffs on, then we became less competitive. So we had low prices, and then we have we we're in a less competitive position. Our our farmers are are suffering. Wow. Do you Dan, do you do, do you deal a lot with farmers? Well, uh, not directly in the in the business because um, um, the commodity business is not something that we can really affect change. I mean, that's a those are global markets. Um, you know, most of our work is with um, manufacturing companies and service companies okay. where we can help them strategically, help them understand how to enter a market where they have, you know, a chance to make a profit. Um, but we, we talked to the we talked to the folks in the farm communities and, and with the uh, commodity associations on a fairly regular basis. I, I got to talk to uh, Kansas Farm Bureau um, last um, summer or last year twice, um, both in August and December to talk about the impact of U.S. tariff, um, U.S. trade policies. So, uh, I think of business of uh, the, the, the local chamber of commerce. Mm -hmm. uh, do you work with them? I uh, do. I actually I'm on their board. I'm on the Wichita Chamber board. Well, so you're, you're new boss. I'm a new I'm you're a new board member. I'm still a newbie though. You're a boss then. No, no not a boss. <laughs> I just try to contribute. Okay, so have you been to a meeting yet? Mm -hmm. What are they like? Good refreshments. <laughs> they always have lots of coffee. <laughs> and tea. No, I think that the Wichita Chamber, uh, the board, um, is um, these are people who are uh, genuinely interested in contributing value to the community. Gen genuinely interested. I have not met anyone in my affiliation with the chamber who has some egregious, you know, agenda. Um, right. It's it's people who are really beyond their own business. I mean, um, interests. The things that are going on with Wichita right now, uh, I'm talking about the, the new stadium and uh, mm -hmm. development down on the river, um, things like that. Uh, does that have any impact on what you do? Not directly. Okay. okay. And not, not directly. Um, it has an indirect impact in that if we have a thriving community, then it, it, it helps you know, everyone perform better. Um, it also makes a better impression when we're trying to get resources to, to Wichita, Kansas, but it's an indirect impact. And I live here, so... Quality yeah. of life is important to me as well. Tell us how you work with companies. How do you do it? Um, well, I tell people um, First it's of all, pretty you go simple. knocking on doors, right? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> eyeball to eyeball. We just sit down with them and we ask them, you know, how they're doing, what, what challenges they're having, um, and, and we listen. Um, and I always tell folks that um, international trade doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It happens inside a company that sits at, in, in Kansas, right? 
And so they have domestic challenges they're facing as well. So we really make sure that we understand what resources are available that are not directly international trade. So, for example, a couple of years ago, we were out talking to a company in um, close to Maze um, and talking to them about their opportunity to expand internationally. And you know what their biggest problem was when we were sitting there talking to the, the president? He needed some permits from the local city, and he just didn't know who to call. Local permit? Yeah, like it's, he needed Ooh. a wow. parking lot to expand or so, something like that, which has nothing to do with international trade. But did you help him? Of course. <laughs> uh, he is, you know, I'm sitting in front of him, and he said this is the problem. And because I understand how you know, local governments work generally, I said, I think what you need to do is contact your local city council member. And he kind of – because most people in business – they're involved in politics at maybe the state level, but maybe they don't really understand how the system works. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that we can help because we can understand the system and get them to the right folks. You think is that anybody can go into business? Anybody. They mm-hmm. don't have to be a, a graduate of an economic school or anything right. like that. And so yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of people, and I don't mean this negatively, there's a certain amount of ignorance going in. Sure. And, and, you, and you and it, you know what Americans yeah. Americans are really great at at really just trying going forward. Yeah, the risk. Yeah, they're the like, risk. let's just go. We can do this. But yeah. I mean, a, you know, a good example of um, not maybe having enough business skills is, is is your doctor. I mean, your doctor's great at doctoring, but does he also has to run a business, or she also has to run a business, right. or even an entrepreneur. Um, where they may have a, the great next great idea, and it's it's wonderful, and it's you know it has so much market play, um, but that doesn't mean they know how to manage a business and know how to do HR. So we help with those things as well. But mostly what we're doing is answering questions about how to sell stuff overseas, you know, how to use a free trade agreement. Where in the world do I sell my product next? And this is going to sound funny, but most companies have an idea, um, and the idea is based on not much real information, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's what they know. So most of the companies we're working with is that what we're overcoming is the fear of the unknown, and they don't even know where to begin. So when we're working with them, we just keep an open mind. We build trusted relationships. That's why the eyeball to eyeball is really important, that we're sitting with them, saying we're with you, we care about you, tell us what your, you know, your challenges are and let us help you overcome them. Um, a really great um, story is working with a company um, that manufactures uh, turf equipment in South Central Kansas. And they're really good. I, confidentiality, I can't name who it is, um, but really great products. Um, really successful at exporting. What um, kind of product is this? Uh, turf equipment. Turf equipment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So stuff that takes care of, you know, turf. Turf. <laughs> <laughs> turf. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> Um, uh, and they, they're really great at uh, it's lawnmowers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. And they, uh, uh, fancy, really great, quiet quality lawnmowers. It's not lawnmowers. goat herding. Yeah. It's not <laughs> go. Yeah. Not, not, na- not that natural. Um, and they're really great at exporting. Um, oh, really? But okay. one of their, um, one of their markets that they hadn't been able to penetrate to as much to their liking is, um, in Mexico. So we work with, um, our staff works with them as well as with our global partners around the world to help them figure out how to really effectively enter that market. Um, how, you know, what customers in Mexico would be the prime candidates for them? Um, and then how do they get to them? How do they make their case in front of them? And that's the kind of work that we do. And it's really exciting. I mean, we build trusted relationships. These are people who are friends, which is really why it was so hard for us that first of the year when, you know, everyone was suffering from the initial shock of the 737 MAX grounding is these are people that we know. 
um, people we care about, their success, and people that we care about, them and their families. And so when we see that success, you would hear cheers in our office. I mean, our staff will really say, yes, we got that one through, or we just you know, helped them find a new customer. It's, it's really a lot of fun. How many people do you have working? We have six full-time people, a um, okay. couple of part-time people, and we always have interns. Okay. How do you work with government? Local, uh, state, national? Local, state, Good relationship. Federal. Okay. Great. And in fact, if I could take the opportunity, I'd love to make sure I give this really positive information. We work with the Kansas Department of Commerce to develop and make available to all Kansas companies a new export grant called Kansas Market Access. And what it does is it provides up to $5,000 for a company to do activities that help them sell more stuff. Um, So it could be helping to pay for a trip to Mexico where they're interviewing potential distributors. It could be to help them pay for an international trade show where they're looking for new customers. Um, and so this is a really um, a really great program. We tried it out here in South Central Kansas, and the companies that availed themselves of that grant in South Central Kansas under our regional export plan took about $90,000 and turned it into $20 million in new export sales. So we're really happy to make it available to all of Kansas. Where does that money originate then? Um, It actually originates from the Kansas legislature. I I talked to Mentu giving us a contract the last two years, and then we carved out part of that contract um, to make it available to Kansas companies. So, um, but the, the, the cool thing is we know it works and we got to get the word out to Kansas companies to use it because we have a problem. We have to give away grant $200,000 before June 30th. All right. Just get in touch with you at Kansas Global Trade Service. You can call us or, or, or Kansas Department of Commerce, and mm-hmm. they'll, we'll, they'll, help, they'll help you get the information so you can apply. Will, will Kansas be competitive in the years ahead as baby boomers retire and we seek people oh. to fill job openings? Oh, so now you're going to talk to me about the workforce challenge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, there I, it think, is. <laughs> I think that that's one of the things that Wichita um, is doing really well is 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 working you know on solving workforce problems from our colleagues at wichita state to wsu tech to the the wichita chamber and greater wichita partnership the state workforce alliance i mean people have been working on this for you know several years now um and it's not going to go away soon or easily um because we're competing against uh, the folks sometimes we have them make the mistake of saying What's Oklahoma City doing, our neighbors? But it really depends on what kind of workers that we need, who we're competing against. So, for example, in IT workers, we could be competing against not just Silicon Valley, but Bangalore, India. So we really, this is a huge problem, but I have confidence that we're really making strides um, and the folks that are working on that. It certainly affects how, what, we do, uh, how, what we do in the companies that we work with, um, especially in more rural areas. They can't get enough employees, so... What's the biggest challenge? challenges facing Kansas exporters? Fear. Fear? Fear and just being overwhelmed. The most common um, thing that we hear from companies is, I, I don't know who to call. So it's kind of that saying, you don't know what you don't know. Um, so they, they may understand there's an opportunity, um, but they don't have enough bandwidth to add this challenge of figuring out how to sell overseas and they don't know that they can call us or, you know, call a number of people to figure it out. So the, the, the biggest challenge is fear. Um, just not knowing 
who to call. Well, do you have a you have any reason for optimism in the rest of 2020 that things are going to turn around and get a little better as far as exports and imports? You know, two things. I have great faith in the work ethic and the ingenuity of American business. I have great faith in that. Um, uh, we we are tenacious, and we're going to need some more of that as we look through the rest of the year and into the future. Um, but also something that may be bothering folks um, quite a bit um, is that the value of the dollar vis-a-vis the rest of the world, um, it's, it's, it's going to devalue um, a little bit, which will make it easier to sell. Okay. Um, so there's some advantages, um, both sides of the coin. And don't bail out of your 401k just be, 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 be calm. <laughs> be calm. <laughs> well, our guest is Karen Page, CEO, President of Kansas Global Trade Services. Thank you for spending some time with us this morning. I, I actually learned something, as I always do. Thanks. That's all for this edition of Issues 2020. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 